Okay, Parshas Tetzave. Parshas Tetzave, on the one hand, as Rabbi Avram mentioned to me the other day, is the only Parsha in the Torah from the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu until the end, where Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not um, directly mentioned in the Parsha. The name Moshe is not in the Parsha. Um, and one of the ideas that's written about that is because it's always the Parsha. Well, first of all, there's two concepts. One concept is because Moshe Rabbeinu asked at some point in the Torah, by the Chet Egel, by the, um, when Hashem had threatened that he's going to annihilate all Klai Moshe says that if you don't forgive them, Mecheni no Erase erase me from your Torah. Now, we know Hashem did forgive the Jewish people, but nevertheless, when a tzaddik says something, it has power. So in some way, it had to, uh, it had to be, uh, come into an effect where Moshe Rabbeinu's name would be missing from at least a part of the Torah. And that's one of the reasons given as for him why it's Parshas Tetzavah. Why specifically this parsha? Because this parsha always falls out in conjunction with Moshe Rabbeinu's passing. Moshe passes away on the seventh of Adar, and even when it comes to the double Adar, we celebrate the first Adar um, for reasons that are beyond the scope of what we're talking about now. But this is the parsha that Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not directly mentioned. That being said, the very first word of the parsha is referring to Moshe Rabbeinu. Va'ata is you, and you is Moshe. So Moshe's name is not mentioned, but Moshe is very much mentioned um, in the Parsha. There is no other Parsha that I recall offhand right now, although I may be making a mistake, whether the very first Parsha word is Hashem saying, you Moshe. So it's an interesting um, concept. He's not mentioned by name, but he's very much part of the Parsha. But, and it's more than that. Let's look at the first words of the Parsha. Va'ata tetzave es b'nei Yisrael. You should command the Jewish people. They should bring to you shemen zayis zoch, which is the um, the very the most pure olive oil. Kasis lamar is crushed for the light. Lahalos ner tamid, in order to bring up or to light the ner tamid, the constant light in the Beis Hamikdash. And there's many many um, uh, points and uh, questions on this pasuk. And I want to mention one idea before I go into the main thing I want to talk about tonight, and that is the the. Um, the emphasis here, you tell the Jewish people. You tell them. Um, much more typical in the Torah would be, right? tell the Jewish people. Here we have this emphasis. You command the Jewish people. Why is it so important that you command the Jewish people? I mean, you know, tell the Jewish people. Tell them. What's this emphasis on? And then it says, and let them bring to you the shemen zayis, the olive oil, which is also um, questionable because why are they bringing it to Moshe? What's Moshe going to do with it? Moshe didn't light the menorah. That was Aaron who lit the menorah. So what's the ve'yikhu lecha bring it to you? Right? And just one idea um, from, really it's a talk of the, of the previous Rebbe of Yosef Yitzchak, and he said that the word titzaveh has an additional meaning. In addition to titzaveh, meaning a command, the word litzavot is to connect. To connect, uh, like we say, tzavsa. Tzavsa is a connection. Yisrael. Um, it's you. Hashem talks to Moshe Rabbeinu. It's your job to help the Jewish people connect to me. That's Moshe Rabbeinu. It's the job of the Moshe Rabbeinu, the tzaddik, to connect people, to connect people to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And when a tzaddik connects people to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, who benefits from it? The tzaddik himself. The tzaddik by helping others is benefited. And that's the idea of a yikhu elecha, they will bring to you. Though on the one hand, you're the tzaddik and you're the teacher and you're connecting them to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but the yikhu elecha, 
you will gain also. When the tzaddik helps another you connect to Hashem, the tzaddik gains and go, grows through that as well. It goes on to say, Kasis Lamar, if you follow along this teaching, Kasis Lamar is sometimes in order to reveal the very essence of the light of the neshama, there's some level of crushing that's necessary. You know, sometimes um, we respond, uh, whether we like it or not, we respond to difficulties and some crushing situations that many times awakens a person. Sometimes the neshama is lulled into some level of sleep. And through, the, through difficulties in life, that many times is what releases and reveals the neshama. And that's the kasis la ma'or. That in order to reveal the ma'or, the essence of the neshama, sometimes we go through difficult experiences and they wake up our neshama and bring it to its form. Lahalos ner tamid, and the ultimate the ultimate idea is that our neshama should always be light. Not only in difficult times, not only in times when we have to turn to Hashem because we cry out to Hashem in pain or difficulty, but the idea is lahalos ner tamid to raise ourselves to a place of ner tamid of a consistent light, a constant light, when the light of a person's neshama is always there and always illuminated. And all this starts from va'ata tesava. This is really the job of a Moshe Rabbeinu, one who connects us to Hashem. It's interesting. The Moshe Rabbeinu in the Zohar is always called the Raya Mehimna. Raya Mehimna, which literally means, a Raya is a row, as a shepherd. Mehimna is faithful. So he's the faithful shepherd of the Jewish people. But it could also be read as the one who shepherds the faith of the Jewish people. He's a faithful shepherd, but he's a shepherd of faith. He's the one who shepherds our faith and awakens and inspires the faith of us. And that was the job of Moshe Rabbeinu, the first Moshe Rabbeinu, and the Sadiqim of the generations. We have the story of Purim, that now is the time of other who also stands up and, and brings the Jewish people to a state of amuna, the state of expression of their amuna, even in the most difficult circumstances. Is your mower an illuminator? Yes. The mower is the essence of the neshama. No, the not talking about illuminating outside. Right. Well, yeah, it illuminates also, but it's the source of illumination. You have or, or is the light that comes forth from it. The more is the source of light. So it's like the source of our neshama that has to be awakened. Okay? So that's the idea on the first line, and really the ideas that I explained is what I wrote out in the next two lines. I'll just read it quickly. Pu'ulas Moshe lechaber b'nei Yisrael ala Kadosh Baruch The pu'ula, the effect of Moshe Rabbeinu is connecting us with Hashem. Val mis'alegam Moshe atzmo. Through this Moshe himself is elevated as well. And that was the idea of ve'yichu elecha. Through your teaching the Jewish people and inspiring them, you will gain as well. Gam, additionally, I did not mention this yet, l'chaber es b'nei Yisrael binam l'bein atzmam. There's a typo here. But Moshe connects us with Hashem and connects us amongst ourselves. Because when you reveal our neshama, we're able to connect better on our own as well. L'pa'amim Sometimes this happens through a, to a, a crushing, like he crushed the olive in order to get the oil. Asher megales amor, that reveals our mor, our source of light, esam and hashama, the essence of our soul. Vatachlisu, the point is, sheyeh ner tamid, that our neshama should always be illuminated, should always be light, always be shining, kedusha and warmth and holiness in ourselves, our families, and around us. Even during the crushing? Even during the crushing. Sometimes it's easier during crushing. Sometimes people are more spiritually connected in a time when they feel crushed. And sometimes it's harder to maintain that even when things are good. But people respond differently. The point is to be able to respond in every situation in a way that our neshama is actually burning bright. Okay, so that was point A. But I want to talk more about an additional point, And that is because this parsha is less about Moshe and more about Aram. 
right? Because the very, the, definitely, definitely the very, the first half of the parsha is about the garments of a regular kohen, but more specifically the kohen gadol. And like every detail that's connected to the Mishkan is with tremendous detail and precision. And the Torah goes into each one of the begadim, each one of the garments, how it's made and its measurements and, and so on and so forth. I'm sorry? The Kohen Gadol has eight. The Kohen Gadol wore eight garments, right? A regular Kohen wore four. The Kohen Gadol had eight. And uh, being a Kohen Gadol, just to wear all those garments every day throughout the Avodah, <laughs> could not have been easy. We're talking about things with a lot of gold inside of them. It was heavy. Um, stones. Um, it wasn't an easy costume. Right? But the Kohen Gadol wore that every day. And obviously everything going on in the Mishkan had tremendous power. I'm sorry? How many hours? How many hours did he have to wear it? Yeah, I was. Well, he didn't, he didn't have to wear it the entire time. He had to wear it whenever he did the Avodah. The Kohen Gadol was always in the Mesa Mikdash, but he wasn't necessarily always doing the Avodah. He always was able to do the Avodah. There were certain Avodahs that he had to do every day. Only on Yom Kippur did he have to do all of the Avodah. So he was always around, and he did whatever he had time for. I don't know exactly uh, uh, exactly how it worked. Be that as it may. So we have Moshe and Aaron. And I want to talk a little bit about... What is that? No, I'm so happy when that thing shuts off. <laughs> so we have Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron, who uh, both of them are these two cardinal leaders of the Jewish people in that generation. And really their neshama affects us forever. They're called... Um, you know, Moshe is called Moshe Rabbeinu, our teacher, because Moshe always connect, we connect to, Mo, to Torah through Moshe, and Aaron also represents, Kahuna represents, Aaron gives certain gifts, he's called one of the Ro'im, one of the shepherds of Klal Yisrael for all time. And Moshe and Aaron are brothers, of course, and they affect us differently. They're, the way that they affect and help and are shepherds to the Jewish people are differently. The Zohar um, has a very interesting um, way of uh, defining Moshe and Aaron's job. And it calls them, and here we have the words in the bold letters on the first line of the second part, Shushvina Dimalka and Shushvina Dimatrunisa. Right? What is Shushvina? A Shushbin is like an escort. Like when a Hassan and Kala go down to the Chuppah, they're escorted. Right? So you escort the Hassan to the Chuppah, you escort the Kala to the Chuppah. A, shush, a Shushvin in Aramaic is someone who escorts someone. Moshe Rabbeinu is called Shushvina de Malka. He's the escort of the king. The king is Hashem. Moshe Rabbeinu, so to speak, brings Hashem to us. In what way does Moshe bring Hashem to us? In the most obvious way is he brings us his Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu, more than anything else, is the teacher of Torah of all time. And the one, it's actually called Torah's Moshe. Right? The Pasuk says in Malachi, Zichru Torah's Moshe Avdi. Remember the Torah of Moshe. Moshe is called, it's, it's Moshe's Torah and he brought it to us. Torah is divine wisdom. Moshe brings Hashem to us. And therefore the Zohar calls him the escort of the king. He escorts Hashem into our lives. What does Aaron do? Aaron escorts us in our journey of connecting to Hashem. Aaron picks us up, inspires us, so to speak, bottoms up, starting from down here, and brings us closer. If, if in, the, in the base, in the most famous metaphor, if Hashem is the husband and we're the wife, chasen and kala, the whole shir shirim is based on that. Hashem is the chasen and we're the kala, and we're coming together, so there's someone who brings Hashem to the picture and someone who brings us to the picture. And that, says the Zohar, is Moshe and Aaron. Moshe brings Hashem down, and Aaron helps us raise ourselves up, pick ourselves up, elevate ourselves, and connect to Hashem. 
Right? That's why, and let's look at the next lines here. Moshe in Yano. What's the transfer, translation of Demetrius? Demetrius says a queen. Queen? I'm sorry, I didn't translate. You're right. Mal- Malka is a king. Oh. Matronisa is a queen. Benishra. Right. And Who's the queen? Benishra. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so Moshe Rabbeinu is the escort of Hashem, bringing Hashem to us. Aaron Shushbina the Matronisa, the escort of the queen, bringing us closer to Hashem, inspiring us, raising us up. And again, this is a gift that Aaron gives to Aaron Shamas till today. Now, where do we see that in their avoda? This also, can be like like like, like a shechina or not? Yeah, for sure, definitely the shechina, right? That's correct. So Moshe in Yano Torah, Moshe's in his primary uh, occupation and what he's most known for, his primary gift is Torah. As the pasuk says, Zichru Torah Moshe Av. Do you remember the Torah of Moshe, my servant? Aaron, what did Aaron do every day in the base of Baloscha es haneros. So he lit the menorah. But note the terminology of the Torah for lighting the menorah is beha'aloscha. What does the word ha'aloscha actually mean in Hebrew? Is to raise up. Raise up. It doesn't say lahadlik ha'menorah. Like when we write the Hanukkah candles, we say lahadlik. It doesn't say that Aaron lit the candles. It says he raised up the candles. And what does that mean? Again, specifically, um, uh, according to, uh, mystically, that he raised up the candles. The candles is us. Each of us has a candle within ourselves. That candle is our neshama, as the pasuk says, "Neir Hashem Nishmas Adam." The candle of Hashem is the soul of God. So, Aaron Baloschas raises up the candles. Neir Hashem Nishmas Adam. All of us have a candle, but that candle sometimes is not burning brightly. All of us have a candle. All of us have a neshama. Every Jew has a neshama. Even a Jew who doesn't know he's Jewish has a neshama. Everyone has a neshama. I'm sorry? The Pintalayit. The it is there. The Pintalayit is there. <laughs> I, have, I have a brother who today, um, who's, a, uh, who's a shliach, a chabad shliach in Tamarack, Florida. Couple. He's, uh, I'm the oldest, he's the youngest. He's 20 years younger than me. Oh, and um, oh, he was a student term sifter for a couple of years. Anyway, so he's a shliach today in Tamarack, Florida. So he wrote today on the family WhatsApp that he gives a share once a week in a certain, uh, um, a certain uh, restaurant there, pizza shop. I don't know what it is. Um, and he's walking today out of the shir, and a guy stops him and he says, um, no, Shalom Aleichem or something. So he starts talking to him. The man is 97 years old, Auschwitz survivor. <laughs> There's a book about him. A book about him. And he was very happy to put on film and put it on in years. And then there was this, there was a, he, has, he had a video, I'll show you after the shir. He has a video. There's a, someone looked like a kid there. And he asks him, how old are you? And he says, 13. He says, are you Jewish? He says, eh, well, my mom is. Right and, and and his grand this boy's grandmother was there, and the boy's father is not a, a guy, the boy do nothing but he says yeah my grandmother and she's there she's yeah I'm Jewish, turns out my brother looks it up on the calendar he was bar mitzvah last week he didn't uh-huh. know anything about bar mitzvah anything about anything he put on film with him there first time in his life obviously just bar mitzvah, and this is there the kid knows from nothing and and this but there's 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 a yid there this happened a couple hours ago if you want I'll show you the video he just sent it. <laughs> Um, but there is the neshama by every yid, and that neshama is ready to be to burst into flame. It just needs some help. So who's the ultimately the one who's helping is Aaron Cohen. Aaron Cohen, that's his job. Baloschas He helps the candles come up. He helps the flames express themselves. And of course, all of us have to be an expression of Aaron Cohen down here. But Aaron is the tzaddik whose his job is baloschas Yes. Did you answer a question that I missed? It? So why was it the Why was it Moshe? Why were they bringing the oil Moshe not Aaron? So the, the answer there was that it's not so much about the oil, but that if you help, if you connect Jews to Hashem, then you will gain from it. 
When you're helping someone else, they're bringing back to you, you will grow through them. So Moshe is va'ata tisav, he's connecting the Jews to, the, to Hashem. Therefore Hashem says, they will be bringing to you gifts, spiritual gifts, by you helping them. When you have someone else, they're helping you as well. It doesn't answer about the oil. I'm sorry? Aaron's not helping? No, no, Aaron has a different type of avodah. Moshe helps in, in his way, Aaron in his way. That's what we're talking about now, the difference between Moshe and Aaron. Okay? It's expressly well, Pirkei Elsa bar Aaron, a coin. Oif Shalom, Barodif Shalom, Ovis Abrius, and the Korvan Latour. Excellent, right? That's Aaron. So Aaron is the people's man. He brings us closer to Hashem. Now, here comes a beautiful point, but we have time. Yeah, we have time. So it goes like this. So, on the one hand, Aaron's avodah was with candles. That's a, that's a, now candles is our neshama, like we said, near Hashem nishma sadam. But we don't just have a neshama to deal with. We also have the neshama is our holiest part. We also have the more physical, more materialistic sides of ourselves, and even sometimes the negative midos and negative traits. That too we have to deal with. It's not just about a neshama; it's about dealing with the negativity, that which is not so holy. And therefore, we're going to find that our own connects to us not just on a candle level, but on a much lesser, much more physical and material level. And where is that in Aaron's holy garments? We find in the holy garments of Aaron that he, there's stones there. Stone is the exact opposite of a candle. Flame is the most refined and most spiritual of the elements. Stone is inanimate, is heavy. There doesn't seem to be any life there at all. Our names, the names of the Shvatim of Klal Yisrael, are engraved in the stones that Aaron wears, and he brings them before Hashem every day. Right? What stones? So in Aaron's garments, there's two types of stones. And I want to discuss those two types of stones here. What are the two types of stones in the big day Aaron? So there is the stones on the breastplate, on the choshen. Right? On the choshen, he had 12 stones, and each stone was a different type of different type of stones, emeralds, rubies, whatever, sapphires, and each one had engraved a name of one of the shvatim. So that was one set of stones. And then there was on the shoulder, on what's called the kisvosa ephod, which was the shoulder strap of the ephod, and there he had two stones, and on each stone was six names. Six here and six here. So, so our names, uh, when I say our, I mean Klal Yisrael, the Shvotim, are on stones, on Aaron coin twice. On the breastplate, and there you have the 12, and on the shoulders, there you have in two stones, again, all 12 names of the Shvotim. And Aaron is bringing that constantly before Hashem. So again, he's dealing with candles, and he's dealing with stones. Both of them are reflective of us, and both of them are spiritual gifts that he's giving us. The candles is he's, he's helping our neshamas express themselves, be illuminated, inspired, but also he's dealing with our stones. Or, or with us, the stone aspect of our personalities. Let's look at the psukim. <clears throat> What's the stone aspect? Is that the, is that Tintuale kind of thing? It can be Tintuale. It's, it's Gashmi. It's, it's, it's materialism. It's, it's negative midos. It's the animal side of us, okay. right? So... Um, where should I start from? Uh, uh, from the fourth line after the dot. Aval Aaron Ozer, Aaron helps also with the more materialistic and more crass part of a person. Lorak or Neshama, not only the light of the Neshama, the Zeohavon, and that's what the stones are all about. Avni Ha'ephod, Lumas Avni Ha'choshen. You have the stones of the Ephod on the shoulder, the stones of the Choshen. Now, let's see the Psukim 
about Aaron carrying those stones. So in Pasuk Yud Beis, in the beginning of the parsha, we have, and that's the bold letters. V'samta shteha vanim al kisvod eifod. You take those two stones and you put them on the shoulders of the eifod of the apron. Avni zikaron levnei Yisrael. These are stones through which the Jewish people are remembered before Hashem. Aaron carries our names before Hashem on his two shoulders that were always remembered before Hashem. Us inscribed on stones. That's the Avne Ephod. We move on to the Parsha. Another, what, Pasuk 29. So this is, what, 17 Pesukim later. And here it says, V'nasa Aaron Eshmos B'nei Yisrael Aaron carries the names of the Jewish people B'choshen HaMishpat that's on the breastplate, alibo on his heart, bevo alakodesh when it comes into the holiness. Lizikaron lefnei Hashem tamid. To be remembered before Hashem always. I, I guess that Shemos is just Parsha Shemos. What were the Avne Eifod? What were they made out of? Oh, no, yeah. I mean, what, what material? Avne Achoshen, yeah. The Eifod? These were jewels. These were jewels, emeralds, all different types. These were called Avne Shoham. Shoham stones. Exactly what that is, I don't onyx. know. Say, what are they called? They say onyx. Onyx? Yeah. Okay. Onyx. Okay. Avne it should have been that heavy, that burden, you know, being jewels, you know. <laughs> onyx is a black stone. Okay. And why isn't uh, Moshe's name somewhere around here? Ah, so, wait and see. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. That, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a surprise. That's a surprise I want to leave here. Um, but here we go. So let's talk about the two types of stones. What is the difference between the two ways that we'll remember before Hashem? Both stones. But what's the difference? So the first obvious difference is, in one, each one of us has our own stone. Right? In the, um, okay. in the breastplate, there's Reuven, and there's Shimon, and there's Levi, Yisachar, Zulam. Each tribe is his own. Whereas on the shoulders, they're sort of lumped up. We have six here and six here. It's wholesale. So obviously, and everything is precise. There's, it's not just, you know, Stamazai. There's a reason why this set of stones, each one of us is separate. And on this set of stones, we have six and six. That's one difference. The other difference is that one is over his heart. One is in the front, um, in the more... Uh, that it's the front, the heart, the primius of the person, and the other is the shoulder, which is the beginning of the backside more. Um, it would seem to be relegated somewhere to the back. So we have, we're, we're mentioned on the stones that are on the heart of Aaron, and there we're individually as 12, and we're mentioned on the shoulders, which is sort of the, the back, and there we're lumped up into two. Yes? Quite that the stones on the Chayshimish, they do that, right. Yeah, it's on the Chilak. Right, yeah, that's correct. That's correct, that's correct. Although that really depended on the first base of Mechthesh versus the second base of Mechthesh. Yeah, because that has to do with the divine name that was inside the Choshen, which was there the first time around, not the second. But your point is still well made, that those were made in a way that they could light up, and these were not. And that's a very good point. So what's the idea, what's the spiritual meaning of these two types of stones and how Aaron is helping us? And so in order to understand that, and I, uh, just in short, there is especially in, in Zohar, Hasidic teachings, there's two types of avoda of a person. And the words in Aramaic are iskafya versus ishapcha. What do they mean? No. What, what's iskafya? Iskafya is to subdue, to suppress. Push down, push away. Ishapcha is to transform. Lahafuch. 
right? Whenever we deal with something negative, there's two ways to deal with it. What's the first? I have a negative desire to do something. What's number, what's, what's, what's the first uh, motor operation? Don't do it. <laughs> Suppress that desire. Push it away. No, Hashem said no. Finish. I, I might really, really want that cheeseburger, whatever else, whatever my, my, my uh, you know, the picture of what I want that's, that's, that Hashem said no is, I suppress the desire. That's iskafia. Push it away, suppress it, subdue it. Ultimately, though, we work on growing to a place where we transform those negative desires and we shouldn't want them anymore. That's step two. And that's in every area of doing the right thing. There's always, step one is to suppress, step two is to transform, right? Um, Person has a problem with anger, right? Present company excluded, right? <laughs> but a person has an anger problem. What's the first thing you say? You lose your temper. What's the first thing they tell you? Just calm down. Calm down. Ignore it. Don't deal with it. Just close your mouth. Take a walk around the block. Count to hundred, right? Just don't deal with it. And then work on transforming and whatever, whatever. But the first step always is subdue, suppress, and then there's transformation. That's how we deal with our midas. So the idea, of, the idea that I want to share here is that that's what those two sets of stones are about. We said before, the stones are dealing with the negative sides of us and dealing with not, not the neshama parts of us, the crass parts of us, the inanimate, the unholy. So there is when we just subdue, and that's a very strong power we have to have, to subdue, to say no, to just push away, to push down. That's number one. And then there's when we're actually able to transform negative desires and turn them into positive. So which stones would be which? The ones up here that are on the back and they're all lumped together, that's just a subdue. That's just, it's not, we're not appreciating each individual thing, we're not transforming them, they're not lighting up, they're not shining. The back represents, there's no real midos there, there's no feelings there, but nevertheless, we don't do it. We, we, hold, we connect to Hashem. We don't allow ourselves to be dragged down. We're connected to Hashem and we won't do what's wrong. We'll do what's right, whether we're in the mood, whether we're not. That's what the stones of the shoulders are. When the stones are over the heart, they light up. Each one becomes special. That's when we have the power to actually transform those negative feelings, those negative midos, and turn them into actual catalysts to good and positivity. Then each one gets its own individual beauty. Each stone becomes a shining stone. They can light up, as you pointed out, and each one is individually appreciated. And that's what those two sets of stones are about. So to, to summarize, our own is helping us spiritually with our, with our neshamas, that's the menorah, and our is also helping us with our difficulties, with the stones, with the difficult aspects of our personalities that need, that need, no, need real chizuk. So our is giving us both in the shoulders, which is just the basic idea of iskafia, to suppress, gives us the power to overcome, and then to be able to light them up, each one individually, and make them shine as well. That's the choshem. Now, I'll finish with, what's harder? Is it harder to suppress or to transform? What's a harder avoda? So transform is, is bigger in the long run, but what's most hard when a person is dealing with a problem and to tell myself to tell no, and to transform a powerful desire, you need a lot of strength to say no when you're not inspired. And that's why we have, and getting back to Harvey's point, the, the, um, the, the stones up here are shoham stones. The word shoham is shin, hey, mem, also has the letters of Moshe. 
here Moshe kicks into, it's not just Aaron himself, in order to give us the koach, to say no, in order to give us the koach when we're not inspired to do the right thing and when we're desirous to, to hold ourselves back, so now we have Moshe and Aaron together. They both give us that koach. It's Aaron carrying them, but they're called Shoham because they have the power of Moshe as well in order to help us overcome even when we're uninspired. And I'll finish with one last thing. The Choshen, if, if we're going to do it, if we'll play with words a little bit, the word Choshen also is the same letters as Nachash, which Nachash is never good. Nachash is the serpent. He's the one who made all the problems in the first place. Nachash always represents mystically the, uh, the powerful creep of the negativity that there is. So these stones, before they're illuminated and before they're transformed, they're negative stuff. They're negative desires. They're negative traits. But through transforming them, through transforming even those difficult parts of ourselves, we get to the gematria of Nachash. And the gematria of Choshen, which is? It's an exact gematria of Mashiach. Right? 358. 358, which is the snake. That snake turned around, illuminated our own internal snakes, our own negative, those parts of us that are not so pretty, those parts of us that we're not so uh, proud of. When we're able to deal with them, first to suppress them, ultimately to transform them, we're able to transform that stone into an emerald, to a diamond that lights up with Kedusha, that Nachash, that snake to be turned around to personal redemption and collective redemption when the coming of Mashiach through our Avodah, each one individually in all the areas of our Neshama and our Guf, doing what we got to do and bringing Geula for ourselves personally and for Christ. So collectively, all the world.